Welcome to Standout, where entrepreneurs share what they've done to become media darlings. I'm your host, Cheryl Tan of CherylTanMedia.com. On this show, we talk about the power of publicity and how you can use it to grow your business. This is episode number 33. If you want help getting featured in the media, check out the PR Pro Community, an online training academy for entrepreneurs who want to learn how to get publicity. More details at CherylTanMedia.com forward slash PR Pro. Today, we're talking about events, live events in particular, where people can hear your message while you're on stage or even in more intimate settings where you're at the front of a small room for a workshop. Live events can be powerful tools for creating relationships. But the question is, how do you fill those events? How do you let people know about the event and what will move them to buy tickets and actually show up? For answers, I went to Louis Lavella, a marketing and branding consultant who was known in the music industry for packing venues with tens of thousands of people. Louis Lavella, it is a pleasure to have you on the show. Welcome to Stand Out. Thank you so much for having me. And thanks to everybody out there watching and listening. Thanks for taking the time. <laughs> love your story. Love, love, love it. Because you're in a highly competitive industry. I don't know of any of many more industries more competitive than the music business. And you're right there in the middle of it as a marketing and branding consultant for the music industry. Talk about how you got your start, Louis. Um, like many people when they're in uh, college or late high school, you want to have part-time jobs and most people do the bartending thing, the retail. I did a little bit of retail, but I was definitely in the nightlife industry. Uh, I was uh, doing promotions and events, handing out flyers, creating events, things like that as a uh, early college, late high school days. So technically not allowed to actually be partying at the clubs, but still working with them. But I quickly moved up from just doing the promotional work and starting to run my own events and my own concerts. And that's kind of where I, I started this entertainment industry passion and, uh, you know, to make a long story short from there, got into television, radio, and now doing festivals and musicians and, and, uh, whatnot for, for marketing and branding. And it, it is a very competitive shark infested waters, uh, but a lot of fun. I want to go back to you as a student, right? So a student of the game, if you will, you are out there passing out flyers, really that one-to-one, come to this concert, come to this event, uh, even though you couldn't really partake in all of what the night in, in you know involved, <laughs> you were saying, come to my party. Uh, what, what did you learn right. back then that you have transformed into something for your clients now? You know, uh, I think with all businesses and, and I mean, absolutely in entertainment, uh, it's a relationship business. And that's not just with people you're working with, but also customers and clients and, and everybody who got a flyer in their hand or or I was trying to talk to to get into the club to to enjoy their night was was a relationship you're building. And the, and the bigger relationships you built, the more trust was there, you know, because even to this day in the entertainment industry and, and, and there's lots of great music to go there. You have to trust the good and likable. And, and especially in the event scheme, I mean, you have to imagine the amount of promoters out there uh, back in the day as well that are just saying, my party's the best. There's going to be a lineup and it's going to be packed. And then you get there and it's not packed, right? So, so there's got to be some trust you build. And so back in the day, that that was something I realized very quickly, that you had to build trust and relationships. And this holds true with every single business out there. We all have heard the same story. Uh, read the same articles and, and the same expert stories on relationship and trust is key, you know, to get somebody to, to make a sale essentially. Right. So that, that was a big, big aha moment, even way back in the day when I'm learning the process. I want to hear about how as an adult, 
now you've, you do very high-profile events, events with names that we've all heard of. So do a little name-dropping, if you would, Louie, and talk about how sure. um, it's evolved over the years, how you've taken what you learned back then on the streets with the flyers and the relationship building, and how you create that on a, on a much, much, much grander scale with all the tools at your disposal, with your social media, with email, with um, paid advertisements, that kind of thing. How do you attract attention to your event? I think a lot of industries can relate to that. Uh, and, and just knowing what you know about the music industry being so competitive, um, how do you succeed in attracting people to what you have going on? Absolutely. I mean, working with some large scale festivals, getting 25, 30,000 people a day, you're talking about, you know, big name DJs, for example, or bands, uh, you know, like Skrillex and Zed. I don't know if anybody's familiar with the EDM world. You know, those are monster names, um, you know, Headley and Billy Talent for rock and, and so on and so forth. So the thing with the festival game is there's a lot of festivals around, you know, in all the genres. So the competition is very fierce. I mean, just by sheer geographic, you know, electronic music festivals, there's there's a whole bunch of them in like an hour driving radius, right? So the competition is fierce. And if you just go by, you know, the sort of big name DJs, you're competing head to head concert to concert. And what that means is I'm not gonna book the same people next year. We wanna change it up. But then the other festival is going to book them. And we're gonna probably get the guys they had just so we all freshen each other up. But you're now you're competing with DJ to DJ and they're all great and they're all big, but that's not really going to save you as opposed to the other guys. Do you know what I mean? So it comes down to telling the right story and the experience. It really comes down to experience. So when we're trying to use our social media tools, and of course, with millennials, Generation Z, even Gen X, I mean, it's all social media nowadays and, and digital marketing. You have to try and break through the noise by telling a story. So I'm not just going to advertise, by the way, you know, DJ XYZ is going to be here. Sure, we're going to say that because it's a big name, but that's no longer, in my opinion, the big ticket seller, so to speak. Because, again, we're going to compete DJ to DJ or band to band, that kind of idea. We have to tell our story on the experience you're going to have. So we may use images of, you know, the camping experience and the water park's going to be there. And, you know, and try and target using paid ads, the right geographic, the right people who like camping, who like fun rides, who like this and that, who like the right music and put that in front of them. We're not gonna cast the widest net out there because we get better bang for our buck and it resonates. That story has to resonate with somebody. If we know somebody's having a birthday during that last week, you know, right before the festival, we'll put a layer of ads saying, hey, happy birthday, come celebrate at the festival. You know, and we could do that with some paid ads on social media. So we're, I'm going to use all those tools to my advantage. But it really comes down to the key. And this translates to every single industry out there is telling the right story. But making sure that story is also an experience. Right. I mean, Apple, they're, they're going to launch their new phone. And, and sure, they may be better or not as good as, a, as an Android device. It just depends on your opinion. But they're they're pushing themselves as almost a fashion brand. People will line up still to go get this new device, whether they think it's better or not. I I've have lots of Apple devices just because I've been in television. So that's kind of where I led to. Um, so I'll probably buy the next one, even though it's probably not the greatest device out there, just because, you know, <laughs> you want to get the new device. They've created that culture, though, right? Because they're telling you a story and an experience. You're going to experience something by having this device. It's not just what it does. It is what you can do with the device. So I, I take that, you know, that trend and try and translate it to festivals, musicians, and of course, any other business. Let's create an experience and story around that. I absolutely love that. I talk with my clients about the importance of story all the time as they're trying to reach out to local media to get attention for their businesses and using their story. So it's actually not the story they're telling, 
but it's the story that the potential audience or the potential um, event goers are experiencing. Is that what that sounds like? Like the story is really for the people who are coming, not the people who are throwing the party. Absolutely. So you as the main brand, so if it's a festival or concert, you know, we're going to be the ones telling story, but it is about what they're going to experience because everybody's going to experience something different. Some people are there for the music. Some people are there to meet somebody else. I mean, there's lots of reasons why people go and you're trying to track 30,000 in little segments, right? And again, this is the beauty of social media and digital marketing nowadays. We don't have to use just one major wide blanket medium like a radio or flyers to say everything you can, do you know what I mean, on that one flyer and hand it out to as many people as possible. You know, so I don't do nightclubs anymore because I, I've, I've kind of leveled up a little bit more and grown into these larger festivals, which is great. But, you know, I still see nightclub owner friends using that traditional looking flyer with everything on there and putting it on social media. Like you're, you're not doing social media properly. You're, you're using the old school mentality of marketing, but you're using it on a different medium and it doesn't work. Same reason why on YouTube we're looking for something and an ad interrupts us. And what do we do? We count down from five, four, right. three to skip. Because most of the times they're using a traditional television commercial, high production and all this, and interrupting us. We're used to being interrupted on TV, but not on YouTube. We want to get our information on demand, and we don't like it, so we skip through the ads. So even for YouTube, you have to build different ads that fit the content. Do you know what I mean? Yes. And that makes it really powerful. That's very, very good. So in a sense, then, when you're talking about a big 30,000, 35,000-person event, you are really saying, I'm having maybe 30,000 parties full of little yeah. chunks of people enjoying the same thing, but maybe getting something different out of that experience. Yeah. And, and in my, my opinion, it seems to work really well if, if you like use chunks of marketing that way, especially because we have those tools, you know, in our arsenal right now, there's yeah. no reason why you should boost one post and let it hit a million people and just see if it works well. I mean, yes, you're going to get the word out there. But you'll find people will be tagging their friends in the comments and discussing, you know, little mini, you know what I mean, mini conversations in the comments. So they're creating that that buzz. So I see that. I study that kind of user behavior and I say, cool, well, why don't I create the ads for them? So if there's a water park ad, let's say, it'll go to those certain people or, you know, people who start to like that will start to make those comments in there. And that little segment will sell those tickets and in a camping version. And yes, each artist will have their own, their own, um, post as well that is boosted out and targeted to the right people. But I'm using that all to my advantage because I can see the user behavior. And again, the same thing translates to every single business out there. Love it. Love it. Very, very good. Well, I want to hear how, as you represent your music brands and the musicians in your arsenal, how do you use the media? to get them more. So we're, we had talked earlier about social media and paid advertising and targeting and that kind of thing. But how do you use the free stuff, the, the free media exposure to your advantage? Absolutely. I think I'm, again, the first thing to get attention from the media and, and you might be even, even a better expert on that than, than me to get PR is having the right story. Right. I, I think that that seems to make sense when we're trying to, to attract, you know, the right blogs or you know, billboard.com or something like that. Right. If they're musicians, you, you do need the right angle, you know, and, and every musician I talk to, you know, they have to have good music, you know, otherwise they're not ready for that next level. So I get that part. Same with DJ mixes. We want to play at your festival. First thing I assume is it's a good mix and you're a good DJ. Because if you're not, then you're not ready yet, right? So you shouldn't be sending it yet. So I'm assuming that out of the thousand people I get, you know, in, in a week or so, you're all good. But now that's the difficult part. You're all good, right? right? So now what's the story and the brand behind that? So 
Same idea with trying to get attention with, with media, blogs, things like that. You have to have the right angle and the right story. And sometimes it's just matching the right audience. So if you're a rapper or a DJ or you're just any business, you have to match your story with the right audience in the hip hop community or the right audience in the electronic music community. Then go after those blogs and just reach out to them, try and engage with the right um, you know, contributors and people who write the articles. And it's all about relationships at that point, trying to get trying to get them to take notice and to the writers, you know, and I'm sure the writers and contributors out there will have uh, their, their two cents as well to what I'm about to say is, but they need traffic, right? That, that's what it comes down to. They require traffic. So they need to tell the right story. It's not just them promoting the artist. Otherwise the two way street isn't open there. The artist might get something out of it, but maybe the, you know, the actual writer doesn't get, you know, the right story under their belt or the right traffic. And then the audience doesn't. So it just collapses. That's what it becomes an ad really at that point. So you have to tell the right story there. So again, we're talking about that word there, but it holds true. It, ha- it has to have that synergy where one needs the other and they both get something out of it. I, I agree with you completely. And it all falls with the story. As far as when you're working with your clients and you create that relationship with the right outlet, whether it's for rappers or country music or whatever it is, what is the benefit? And, and, you know, I, I guess people sometimes say, well, you know, is the media that important? Is an article in Billboard magazine worth it? But I, you know, I want to ask you, I mean, you've seen it happen or not happen. Is it worth the effort to get that kind of attention? I, it, it is because it just comes down to authority and moving up in your celebrity status. It really does. So even myself, you know, I'm doing more speaking roles. And as a consultant, like I said, I've, I've moved away from just like nightclubs. I haven't done those in a while. It's more festivals and speaking and things like that. And the more I get to be in front of an audience speaking, the more social proof that gives me. The more articles that are either about me or I can contribute to an article, the more social proof it is on me. Somebody could see something on Huffington Post or on nightclub.com and it has my name attached and it's, oh, Louis must be an expert in this field, right? So same with musicians and whatnot. If you're getting coverage like that, it just adds to the authority, right? Same with when they wanted to get airplay on the radio. Oh, you're on the radio now, right? It just adds to their authority. So all that put together gives them a little bit more celebrity status and people love to follow. They do. They love to follow in, in groups and, and that's what fans, you know, raving fans are all about. They like to follow and then they purchase, they buy tickets and, and whatnot. So the more you can build that brand and that authority and that social proof, all that put together, your brand grows and then people just want to be attached to something that's growing. It just, it's just the way people are. It's uh, it, and I've seen it. Um, yeah, I mean, good and bad. It, it's kind of the way mm-hmm. things are. Is when someone is elevated by someone else's words or through a story. It's kind of like, oh, I, I, I see it. I get it. Let's learn more. What, what do you think that a brand can do to kind of manage it on on his own or her own? Um, what can they do with their social media to kind of prepare for? that kind of attention to kind of sort of set the stage for success, if you will, before you do the whole, I'm going to have an event, I'm going to be in Forbes or Business Insider or Billboard or whatever it is. How do you think that brand can prevent any problems and kind of set the stage for good stuff to happen? I think the first thing that anybody should do, um, and most people miss this, so at least do now, <laughs> is is uh, really identify their own brand voice. So what kind of things do they say? How do they act? You know, um, what would they say in a response? So I mean, for me, my brand voice is is really me, right? So we bumped into each other on the street in a convention, you know, here on the podcast, you know, uh, how I would react on social media. I I am who I am. Now there's things that I cut out. 
So politics and, you know, like all that kind of stuff doesn't fit with my brand. It has nothing to do with my brand, nor am I strongly opinionated on that, all that stuff. So it doesn't come with my brand, right? So I think a lot of businesses and musicians and just entrepreneurs need to really identify what their brand voice is. Um, and then it becomes a little easier to respond, to manage social media, because you know how to react. If somebody says something, whether it's positive or negative, you react accordingly and it fits with your brand still. There's a lot of great restaurant chains that are, you know, kind of in your face and cheeky and they take punches at their customers and people like it because that's their brand. So they know what their brand is, right? Um, it's just, you have to know your brand voice. And then as things grow and get bigger, it's easier for you to manage just because you know how to react quickly. Nice. Good answer. I like that. I mean, and it's something that you need to think about before all of the stuff you're doing to get attention really comes to a head. It really, really does. Um, any advice, any other advice for some folks who are trying to kind of move up as they're hitting that pecking order and they're maybe here and we can, we, you can even be talking to a music brand, but maybe it's really just an entrepreneur because really the steps are the same on how to get the attention that moves them up a notch. Well, any, any last words of advice for them? You know, I would say obviously use social media to your advantage. And that, that means, you know, posting on it a lot. Once you know your brand voice, everything becomes social proof. So for me, my brand is, you know, taking care of festivals and musicians, things like that. So if I'm on stage and there's 20,000 people in front of me and I take a selfie and, oh, this is a great event, that becomes social proof to everybody who looks at my Instagram, for example, that, wow, he's not just saying it, he's doing it. You know what I mean? Uh, <laughs> a podcast like this, this is going to be on somewhere. We're going to share this. I could take a picture of me on the podcast. You know, like there's lots of things you can do that fits my brand voice and that shows social proof and goes out there. And as people try and take a look and take notice, you're continually doing it. So, I mean, I, once you know what your brand voice is, like I mentioned earlier, it becomes easier just to start putting stuff out there. Now, not random stuff that doesn't make sense, but the random stuff that does make sense, right? right. Uh, it just it just adds to you in credibility and trust and also builds up your authority. You know, I would definitely do a lot of stuff on social media and depending on your industry, get on podcasts, try and contribute in, in blogs, you know, uh, be very active in Facebook groups and forums as, as an expert in whatever field, you know, that an entrepreneur might be out there. Same with the musicians. I tell them to get in on the Facebook groups. If it's a hip hop group or a country music group, get in there. And not to, I'm not saying to spam and promote. Don't say listen to my music all the time or hey guys, go to my article all the time. I'm saying just contribute as if you're at the round table at dinner and people have questions because you're an expert. Just answer the questions. Right. You know, that that helps and that goes a long way and gets attention. And eventually you get attention from the bigger names and, and let's say, you know, good articles and other podcasts, things like that, uh, radio stations, and that helps grow, right? Yeah, yeah. Share your wisdom, but don't say buy my album. Or, do they say that anymore? I, I don't know if they say that anymore. Yeah, like maybe they down, download, maybe. Download, maybe that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Louis, <laughs> how can people reach out to you? How can people get more information on what it is you do and, and, uh, and reach out to you? Great. Well, I'm obviously all over social media and of course my website, which is also a blog and it's my first and last name at louislavella.com, which is spelled L-O-U-I-E-L-A-V-E-L-L-A. -E -L -L -A. So dot com or at Louis Lavella, you know, obviously on Snapchat, Instagram, Facebook, what else? LinkedIn. Yeah. All of those places. YouTube, all of them. Just connect with me anywhere. Did I say Twitter? Yeah. All of them. So, and I love talking with anybody who has questions. Definitely uh, reach out. Fantastic. We've got a great audience, so they might be reaching out to you. I'll link all of those things, those places to the show notes for this show at CherylTanMedia.com. You have a podcast too, don't you? 
Yeah, but it's not a big podcast. It's usually like thoughts of the week, two, three minutes here and there, like just throwing out sound bites of things that pop in my head. So I, I uh, it's just one of those things that I, I'm going to grow eventually, but it's not a, yeah, I try and do it once a week, okay. but it's not a long podcast. So it's, it's, it's actually pretty interesting. You know, most of my uh, audience being festivals, musicians don't have the time to sit and listen to 15, 20 minutes, half an hour. So I just fire out a couple minutes at a time. Right, and you're targeting the right people. So that works very well. Gotta know your audience, know your audience, right? Before we say goodbye and I say thank you officially, I just wanted to ask you a question I ask everybody I have on the show is what makes you a standout? You know what? I think it's just the the drive to build my own doors and then kick them open. If there are no doors for me to wait to open, I will build it and I will kick it open myself. <laughs> Sometimes it doesn't work, but that's part of the drive, right? <laughs> right. The, the fun of knowing, man, I can't get on TV while I will produce my own show. You know, that kind of idea, like the, the fun of that, knowing that it's possible to do and just do it. I love it. I love it. And the whole mediapreneur, that's where it came from. Starting that, out with passing out flyers when you were young to kind of creating your own thing right now. Yeah, it's it's fascinating. So, and you, you meet a lot of great famous people. So, <laughs> Louis Lavella, thank you for your time and for joining us on the show. Thank you. Want to catch the show notes for this and past episodes? All of the standout shows are in one place at CherylTanMedia.com forward slash podcast. This is episode number 33. The best way to get this show in front of more listeners is to subscribe to and review the show on iTunes. Thank you in advance for your support. Until next time, I'm Cheryl Tan.